0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Finos Open Source and Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Grizz Grisold of Finos. And on this episode of the podcast, I had the opportunity to talk with two of the authors from the 2021 State of Open Source and Financial Services Report, Hilary Carter of Linux Foundation Research and Tasha Ellison of Finos. We talk about what went into getting the survey going, unexpected findings, and takeaways. So with that, let's cue the music all right welcome in now today with me on the podcast i have the pleasure of talking to two of the authors from the 2021 state of open source and financial services report hillary carter of linux foundation research and tasha ellison of Finos. Hilary and Tasha, say hi.
1: Hi. Hello. Hi. Um,
0: Now, before we get into the report, um, I was hoping that both of you could give a little background on yourselves and tell us how you both ended up here today. So, uh, uh, Hilary, would you like to start?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I um, have a background in research um, in technology um, with uh, my previous role. And um, on when I was brought to Linux Foundation, my mandate was to create um, a resource on um, uh, insights and data into all things open source and do so along industry vertical lines. And literally my second day at the Linux Foundation, I had a call with Tasha and um, uh, the Finos team about uh, one of the inaugural projects that we'd be working on to create a first of its kind study in... Um, uh, open source in the financial services industry so uh, I just jumped right in and um, I was so pleased to be part of the project
0: that's awesome um and, and we so, were too yeah no kidding
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so, I'll, I'll give a brief intro uh I'm Tosh Elson I've, I've worked at Finos for a uh, over three years now um and most recently as a strategic advisor but I've, I've worn various different hats my career has always been in technology and finance starting from a software company moving to a bank and then on to a startup which was focusing on um collaboration a, a different approach to collaboration for technology and financial services which is really what drove me to Finno, seeing that uh, a lot of duplication within a single financial services institution and across the industry and so looking at really um how we could so i was really excited to join where though the whole aim was to do this collaboration through uh, open source which should ultimately lead to innovation as well and and looking at that and thinking about the challenges for a long time we wanted to do um this survey for, for about three years um, well, for for pretty much as long as I've been here, we've been thinking about it, and we did do a partnership a couple of years ago. Um, but really, we wanted to have something that we could run every year to show how the industry is changing and what it's focusing on, and how it's overcoming our challenges. So, um, but it's it's hard <laughs> actually. Um, so we were delighted to have uh, Hillary come and start up the team um, at Linux Foundation and and um, and be one of the inaugural projects. We definitely jumped on the opportunity as soon as we could.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So so you actually started to go into a little bit of, for my first real question for the two of you, but um, um can you kind of set the scene? Um and, and I want to know, you know, you were starting to say why why FinOS and why the Linux Foundation started to do this survey, but um, you know, maybe go into a little more detail there.
2: Sure. Well, I think you know i I think it's hard to see progress if you can't measure things and one of the things even doing the survey we learned looking at some github analytics was that it's really hard to measure um the a the consumption of open source and financial services on a whole scale level i mean certainly organizations can do it uh, amongst themselves but then really across the board and then uh, b looking at where they're contributing. And and this is hard for a lot of reasons. And the report goes into it, but you know, how do you know someone works at a financial service organization? There are sometimes policies that obfuscate this. And so this was, you know, this is really one of the things is that we talked about with the board how you know how can we see where where the, how the industry is progressing um, and what the challenges are and what the opportunities are and so that that was really one of the drivers from a, a finos perspective. Um, you know and I wonder if you know how different it is to do a, a survey in, in this industry where mind you it's. People can't really. Um, they're they're also restricted in even the types of surveys that they complete um, compared to doing something you know similar in 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 other industries.
0: Yeah, and, and and I saw obviously this is audio, but Hillary, I saw you nod your head a couple of times while Tasha was talking. Um, can you kind of add to that um, as far as the the LF or the Linux Foundation research side of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, our motivations are very similar in that, in the way that Phenos was, was beginning um, right from the beginning to create a baseline study. We're doing that at, at large across all of our industries um, at the Linux Foundation. We are really starting from the beginning to create data and insights into open source, into all the project communities, into... Uh, the challenges and uh, the opportunities and create a a library of knowledge of what is going on, how it's happening, who is participating, and why they're doing it, what is the value of this uh, type of collaboration. Um, So we're all starting this journey together, and I think it's a very healthy um, undertaking for the entire ecosystem because the data is publicly available, because all of our research projects will be um, published under Creative Commons license. We're creating tools that will help inform strategy. They'll help inform uh, decision-making and um, resourcing, and they're really quite valuable projects. Uh, the other benefit and the exciting thing about doing research is they build communities. Their engagement models unto themselves. Um, simply canvassing our community to participate in a survey is a signal that we we want to hear from them. Their their knowledge matters. Um, their perspectives are are very important. Uh, doing qualitative, uh, giving our subject matter experts an opportunity to share their insights either anonymously or uh, with full attribution. Is a signal that we need um, we need their perspectives. We need those insights. We need knowledge. Um, and so the process of research is incredibly rewarding for that reason. It it is a different kind of of community engagement tool that that um, it, it's a real pleasure to participate in it.
0: And you know, kind of to add on to that, um, did the two of you? And I know that you did some some extra interviews that were um, beyond the survey. Uh, in a highly regulated industry like financial services, did did you find that there was some opening up even in this industry?
2: Totally, totally. People want to talk, right? I mean, they they want to share their experiences, and especially, you know, we talk to leaders in open source, and they recognize sometimes that they they are there things that issues that need to be resolved and challenges that need to be overcome. And, and I think they do want to share those things now. can they share them with their names attached? Meh, not so much. <laughs> it's much right. harder to get through. Right. but um, <laughs> no I you know and I think we we as the foundation have built this community for a while and you know it's interesting to speak to the same people year on year on year and see how things are changing. Um, but they do tend to be um, pretty forthcoming actually. Thankfully. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing what you can learn from from their candor. Um I learned so much uh, about the community, about the challenges and um you know, it's only by giving uh, uh through this process that gives all of us the opportunity to to learn and grow and um yeah, the interviews were a really fascinating part of uh, of the process.
0: Right. So so learning and growing. Um uh, kind of moving on, you know, is is this is a baseline survey, but was there anything particularly interesting or maybe even unexpected that uh, the two of you saw when not only in the data itself, but in you know, the interviews afterwards? Tasha, do you want to start?
2: I do, um, <laughs> it was, it was hard, <laughs> it took a lot of work. And I think without, you know, without all of the partners and without Hillary and, and her team, um, you know i'm I'm not sure we would have gotten there on time and, and you know i if you've done if you've done these before then I, I guess you probably know that but you know i think this is probably part of the you know one of the many reasons that it's valuable for Finos to be part of the linux foundation um so definitely valuable to have our partners and moving on
1: um, thank you thank you tasha thank you for the plug <laughs>
2: yeah always always uh, we're deep um you know i think i've this has been my Entire focus and you know many hours every day for the last several years, and so you know I, I think the findings were not too dissimilar from what I was expecting. I, I think it will be different for people who don't spend all of their time and you know wake up in the morning thinking about it and go to bed thinking about it at night. Um, but there were a couple of things that 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 I would highlight um, because I I think sometimes. We know that the financial services has a long way to go in terms of you know fully embracing open source. but we do see some encouragement and you know I see some. so one of the you know one of the things one of the results was that only thirty five percent of um, respondents were aware of having uh, an ospo um an open source program office or operating board or you know they go by different names but um and I, I think one interesting point to make about that is that we actually see a bunch of financial services firms making a lot of progress in terms of their open source policies, their ability to contribute, even without having an OSPO. So, you know, for example, you have Goldman Sachs who just recently established one, but two mm. years ago, at, uh, or three years ago at the Open Source Strategy Forum, they were on stage talking about their processes related to open source contributions. So, you know, I, I think it's important to know that, like, that's actually. Pretty big, right? Because we'll see a lot of progress, and and that's maybe a, a trailing indicator. Um, so it's you know, a bit more promising than it, than it perhaps seems. Um, the other thing that I was actually really excited to um, to to see as a result from the survey was that sixty one percent of respondents identified as using open source standards um, as important for their jobs and valuable, and that. Definitely resonates with what we see in our community. Um, You know, we have lots of standards projects from FTC3, which is desktop interoperability, interoperability, uh, to a lot of um, work coming around Legend, including for middle office and for reg um, and partnerships with. Uh, organizations with trade organizations like ISLA and Isda, and that's around securities lending and derivatives and around the common domain model. So having this common domain model. And I think the other thing that's um really great about it is, is standards are not new to finance, right? But open standards, you know, fully open source standards, it's a different kind of collaboration model. And I think that's newer and I think that has a lot to offer um the industry. And and then lastly I'll just, you know, another one of those this morning, we announced a partnership with the EDM Council um, to accelerate the cloud data management capabilities framework, which ultimately is a framework that the industry will be able to use to show their compliance with regulations and other requirements as they go to cloud. So, you know, again, this, this focus on standards I think is a, a natural place for financial services to really be able to collaborate. And I was delighted <laughs> that that came through in the, in the survey.
0: No, definitely. Um, and we in the show notes, we will definitely um put the link to the press release on on the uh, partnership today too. Um Hilary, were there any was there anything that surprised you or or that you found were was interesting as you were going more into this industry and uh into this survey?
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite um discoveries in this process was um um, the idea that there is an incredible lack of awareness as to the level of consumption of open source within this industry, yeah. the perception yeah. versus reality, whereby a, 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 a person reports that they think maybe their organization is using 3,000, maybe 4,000 um, components, whereas the reality, it is it is orders of magnitude higher, 30,000, 40,000. That struck me as um, uh, really enlightening and how how much of a gap there is to fill in terms of closing that knowledge gap um, and what a terrific resource an organization like Finos uh, will be to um, help address that. Um, secondly, the gap in knowledge of of governance, the awareness of policies around consumption and contribution, as well as the prohibitive nature of um participation in the industry as a whole, and it, it I suppose, it didn't really surprise me either. Having I used to work in financial services, I didn't say that at right. the outset of the call, but I spent ten years, the first ten years of my career, in the financial services sector, and I recall um, even, even using. Everyday digital tools like LinkedIn, policies governing um, social media communication, um, highly yeah. regulated industries like financial yeah. services, very similar to healthcare, and um, you know governance is an, is it, it plays a very very big part in in in, in the innovation story. Um, so I think there's a lot of work to be done. I found that. Um, uh, gap in knowledge around uh, policies uh, for an industry that's so heavily regulated, that surprised me. Um, and yet, uh, I found similarities to my experience working in uh, blockchain technology research whereby implementations, uh, innovation, um, anything that, that could potentially be deemed uh, to be risky um, uh, is very, very, challenging in the financial services sector uh, there is a tremendous amount of uh, risk aversion and so technologies be they open uh, open source software hardware standards or um, you know blockchain platforms uh, have to overcome um, obstacles specific to risk and the perception of risk, and so it it informs our narrative about how we uh, need to describe value, but also there are tools in place and, and governance models to help us manage that risk and that we shouldn't shy away from um, deriving value from these tools as a means to just avoid risk. It, it, it's not compatible. Um, so yeah, very similar uh, patterns to what is going on in terms of blockchain adoption. Um, I, I saw so much common ground there. And so in many ways, I wasn't surprised. Right,
0: right. And 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 that is maybe kind of the tale of this industry is is that be, it's the, we know the way that maybe things should be or the way that we want them to be, but then we continually go back and go, oh yeah, but it's a regulated industry. So, you know, you find I mean, coming from the open source side of things, instead of the financial services side of things, I have had you know my eyes open seemingly on a daily basis uh, working <laughs> at Finos, and, and like, what do you mean they aren't on GitHub? What do
2: you mean,
0: you know, they can't contribute? They don't even know, you know, what they're. I mean, so so yeah, they're, they're yeah, problems... no Google
2: Docs and no right. <laughs> no you know WebEx or Zoom, depending on the month and the year, um, exactly. It's, exactly. You know, but it is hard to change status quo. And especially in some of these, you know, these organizations are massive right. uh, and with lots of different departments and often different silos. And so it really does take some time and, you know, it takes some leadership. And I think, it, it, as Hillary mentioned a couple of times, it takes understanding the business value because that's really what's going to drive change. Um,
0: right. right. And, 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 you know, I, I noticed that um, in some of our notes before this, that both of you Mentioned uh, the Ospo, and um, uh, you know, I mean, the stats from is one thing, but but that uh, it seems like having an Ospo would be maybe you know one of the the higher maturity areas of of a bank going through this you know going through its open source readiness basically um, in order to get to a certain point, but um, and and maybe when we talk about some of the whys um, that you know, having an OSPO would, would mean that there is somebody high up in a bank that's champion, championing, say that word for me, championing, Championing. thank you. (laughs) It's a live podcast, folks, Um, championing that thing, Um, you know, the the, the efforts to bring that OSPO uh, to the organization in the first place. So, so the fact that, you know, there's very little realization in general that there, you know, that there might be an OSPO uh, for a bank, but then, you know, the fact that there, there isn't one in a major, Could we say a majority of banks that there's not an OSPO, um, and, and that, you know, because there has to be somebody high up in the first place in order to even, you know, see the value of having that OSPO do what an OSPO does, um,
1: or having an OSPO be a party of one for an organization yeah. that has tens of thousands of employees.
0: Yeah. Or all it?
2: volunteer bases. Yes.
0: Can you explain the OSPO being the party of one?
1: Well, recently at our open source summit, chatting to an individual who essentially is the OSPO and uh, um, (laughs) they're part of one of the world's largest asset managers. Um, And so having uh, that, you know, it's infusing culture into the organization to support um, full-time resourcing of the open source program office. And this is not something that's unique to financial services. Right. Uh, it is very common across industries, and I think there's room to grow um, as we normalize and, and um, discuss or, or better disseminate the value of the open source program office as a, a, a project that should be fully funded, should be fully staffed and supported so as to get maximum value, not just, um, uh, you know, the, the tools, but um, create the culture.
0: Cool. Yes. I, I think Tasha and I are both in agreement for that for this industry and others. Um uh l- let me move to uh kind of your takeaways. Um can the two of you both talk about your top three takeaways um that you want to highlight to the listeners of this podcast or, or uh, t- takeaways opportunities maybe even.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I I was listening, I wasn't able to attend the open source strategy forum in London. Um but I, I have listened to several of the talks afterwards and one of them was about this survey um, and and I think Colin Everhart from Scott Logic made a really interesting and valuable point and, and basically he was saying you know he was talking about talking about the responses to the question about what um, limits a firm's investment in open source policies and processes and and you know, some of those things that are mentioned are, two of the biggest ones are IP and legal or licensing concerns. And I think really he said, sure, you know, maybe IP is an issue, but a lot of what you're consuming comes from big organizations and is out there and there's no real risk of you making a small contribution back in terms of IP leakage. Maybe contributing projects for the first time, but then that goes undergoes a different scrutiny. So that's that's a surmountable issue, right? You, you can get around that. And then legal or licensing concerns, you know, he made a valid point that there are large legal teams in most of these organizations and so if they really want to get through it and figure it out they probably can't so let's not maybe necessarily have that as the biggest blocker and so what it really boils down to is the lack of understanding of the value of the value proposition and if everybody did understand the value proposition then you would figure out how to address adjust, adjust those ip issues and the legal and the licensing concerns and so you know i think that it, it, you know, and this is the struggle that we have that we've been focusing on for years, how do you help people understand the real value, you know, um, and we can list off all, all of the ones that we do, but you know go read in the report if you don't already know Um, so that that was one of the things and then just a couple of other things that I would say. Um, I, I think an, a great thing about this report is that it does um, it has something for lots of people across different areas of organizations and outside of the organizations in financial services and in fintechs and so you know even if you don't want to read all 40 plus pages go pick out some of the bits that you might you know you think might be particularly relevant um, or that you're most interested in and also there's a a great list of resources at the end Um, and you know again I'll i'll thank hillary and the team for her guidance on making sure that we had actionable insights and resources, because you know, I think that is a really valuable addition. Um, and the last thing that I, you know, I just want to call out is because I think it sums up a lot of um, a lot of what we what we talk about and what the court addresses quite nicely, and why financial services is behind other industries, perhaps. Um, and this is from um, you know a, a senior a senior person in a senior person in a technology organization, investment bank. Um, And he says the financial services industry has pioneered things that later became popular and open source like efficient messaging protocols microservices and event streaming. But the technologies were kept proprietary in banks and only became mainstream when other companies open sourced them. It would be beneficial to contribute more and I you know I think that gets to the crux of you know, several of the things that we've discussed today Um, and. We need more people with that mentality, (laughs) you know, understanding that it's beneficial to contribute more. That there's not that everything we do is not that everything that they do in financial services is not your, you know, secret sauce. Does not confer competitive advantage. That that's actually a small percentage. And then on the rest, you should be a bit more open, uh, or a lot more open even. Um, So so those those would be my my um, you know kind of some key takeaways. Cool.
1: Yeah, Hillary? and I'll I'll just uh, add to something Tasha said, and, and for the industry as a whole, the the uh, gap in um, upstream contribution was notable, and there there is um, the reality that to be a good uh, open source uh, citizen, that giving back is a fundamental part of that, and. Yeah. You know, there is only room for financial services industry to grow in this capacity. And yes, there are yeah. hurdles to be overcome, but it will be good to see increasing upstream contribution um, that will demonstrate just a whole new level of maturity for uh, financial services. And yes, all these things take time. Uh, for me, I was... Um, uh, uh, pleasantly surprised to hear the significance of uh, recruiting talent um, to come through the research and the importance of of, um, open source participation um, as a a reality to sustain competitive advantage. Um, As financial institutions become more tech-driven and uh, recruiting talent is is, one of those uh, key differentiators, uh, open source is, is one of those opportunities that the industry should embrace i was listening to gab uh, who gave a keynote uh, at um, linux foundation's member summit this morning who quite succinctly explained that one of the motivators for uh, opening up um, or participation open source was that um, one of the banks had um, software that very few others in the industry knew how to run, they need just it, it became unmanageable from a recruitment point of view. And so they had to make different strategic decisions about their their tooling so as to attract the right kinds of of technologists to the team. And that's, that was very telling. And that came through the research. Um, I also think that the importance of innovation as being a top motivator of for participation open source, the Cre- uh, the creation of cultures of innovation takes time and we have to nurture um, open source cultures in the sector. And, um, you know, how do we go about that? Do we host more roundtables? Um, do we, you know, what are the mechanisms to create cultures of innovation in in, in an industry which is um, sometimes begrudgingly moving from brick and mortar uh, to digital? And the truth is that there are new f- new tools, um, new uh, frameworks, uh, decentralized finance, um, challenger banks and uh, challenger platforms, that are um, forcing uh, cultures of innovation um, at a pace that, that's that's uh, probably uncomfortable. but it is a reality. and a culture of innovation should be top of the priority list uh, because the landscape is truly, truly competitive and business model um, competitive, going right, striking right at the heart of how these organizations earn revenue. Um, to that. Thanks, Tasha. Thank you. <laughs> and then a different kind of value is, um, I think it's critical that the sector align its innovation priorities with business models as a result of that. Um you know if if open source uh software and uh, standards and and um hardware if, if the software is focused on uh, risk management or operational efficiencies alone and doesn't create new economic value for the organization that's a harder sell it's uh, risk management solving problems quickly um is not um part of sometimes where financial services organizations are really focused, which is return on investment. You need to show quarterly returns. And so if more innovation can take place in tooling that drives revenue, I think we'll see um, more widespread adoption. Uh, We we saw collaboration in Canada um, across, we only have like five big banks in Canada. So um, competitive collaboration is easier to facilitate. And the banks came together to work out a solution on uh, KYC and um, a, identity and uh, um, anti-money laundering. And they they solved what was otherwise an incredibly costly problem, but it had such an important economic impact uh, that it made it worth all the banks' time to solve this common problem. There was real economic value that could be attributed to this type of collaboration. So when we can either save huge amounts of operational costs or drive revenue through open source, uh, I think that's when things are going to get very uh, exciting. Uh,
0: yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. And I think that that's something that, um, that we here at Finos have been trying to drive for just a little while, uh, <laughs> since we're pretty much still an infant foundation. Um, I I would love to go into, you know, all of the whys, why, you know, the, the, the insight into why you think a lot of this, why the observations are there, why, you know, are the surprises are there, why, you know, these key takeaways matter, and, and maybe that's an entire another, you know, podcast at some point, um, but, but, so let's, let's not do that today, but um, I, I would like to revisit this you know in the future and, and maybe it's you know maybe looking at things I don't even know you know six months later and, and see um you know how things are changing um uh you know going into 2022 especially since we've seen you know a huge a huge uptick in adoption um in many different phases of the maturity model I guess um you know that drove out of 2020 that drove out of the pandemic um so it'd be interesting to see in a quote unquote normal year, um, you know, what's different. Um, so um so I will we'll kind of end with this. Um, you know, we've talked about what you've seen, we've talked about, you know, key takeaways, but you know, is there is there anything that, you know, the two of you could say, um, you know, to leave us with, I guess, uh to to say that you know these are the things i'd look out for in the future um based on what we've seen here this is you know uh, we're we're almost at the end of 2021 and and yeah. you know i always like to do kind of a looking into the future of the next year so is there anything that that you would say that based on the findings that you've seen um and i know i'm, through, <laughs> I'm surprising you with this um you know what are some things that you you might expect um, in 2022? And and I won't get mad at you if you get them wrong. I promise. We'll we'll just <laughs>
2: take,
0: we'll take this. We'll take this section out of the podcast if if everything is wrong in 2022.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the curveball. Uh, yep. First, I would just like to say because um, it's a shameless plug again, but do read the report. Check out the resources yeah. um, and the executive summary. Um, I, I think there are a couple of other things that are. That we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of growth and momentum. Um even since the survey since we initiated the survey so you know i think we also have a couple of projects that will be interesting and will tie in more next year around uh, both open source maturity and inner source maturity and measuring it and so i think um i think we'll see some additional progress there and maybe some insights some additional insights uh in a more structured way i guess than we have previously within within the organization um so i think we'll see a couple more ospos i think we will see um, just as we've seen growth in, in organizations signing contributor license agreements, I think that in a year's time, that's going to mean that we're seeing an increase in contributors, both from existing organizations, um, from organizations who, you know, haven't gotten there, you know, haven't quite figured out how to do any contribution at all, but are wanting to toe dip. So I think we're definitely going to see an increase there. And hopefully we'll have, you know, a couple of big projects to, you know, some case studies to show that, you know, we've got a couple already, say, on inner source, but that really show you can put a dollar value next to here's what you saved, or here's increased revenue, as as Hillary spoke to. You know, I'm 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 optimistic that we'll we'll have a couple of good ones of those in 2022.
1: Cool. Well, well said, yeah, Tosh, I agree completely. I'm I'm hopeful to see um um, education awareness campaigns, hosting roundtables, uh, bringing regulators together with financial um, yes. services institutions, the open-source yes. community, and having a dialogue about what are your concerns, helping overcome obstacles on how we can all work together, um, I think is a really healthy thing. I'd like to see more um, awareness campaigns and, and, and discussions with all the different stakeholders. I see um, growth for Finos um, and more participation among individual uh, banks and asset managers. Um, I think the competitive landscape is such that um, it's it it is becoming an imperative uh, to be part of the conversation, to be at the table, and uh, I'm delighted to see growth um, in. You know, Gab was mentioning today the um, uh, the the drivers are are there, and he expects that um, it, we will see increasing activity. And next year's research could look um, altogether different, or at least show that trend line moving in the right direction. So, yes, fingers crossed. And uh, <laughs> thanks for plugging the executive summary, Tosh. I was going to say that in addition to the resources, if you if you need the, the key takeaways, um, uh, they're in the first few pages of the report. Um, as yeah. well, keep an eye out for the infographics too. They're great for our visual learners. That help. They are fantastic. Uh, take away the fast facts and the key uh, uh, key findings um, at a glance.
2: Yeah, and thank you for mentioning regulators because I think that is a, also a huge opportunity where we'll see progress.
1: Yeah, and maybe we will see regulatory bodies joining an organization like Phenos. That would be absolutely fantastic. At our, in my previous uh, think tank in blockchain, we we reached out um quite often and um there was a lot of goodwill that was built and i think um th- just through conversations and and convening and using all the tools at our disposal to to bring these conversations forward we're going to uh, probably see everything moving in quite a positive direction
2: yeah
0: and, and i think uh you know with the regulators um <laughs> a shameless plug for open source Go strategy forum next week. Um <laughs> one of our keynote speakers is actually the chief innovation officer for the FDIC uh, for the states. Um Sultan Meji and uh, so so Sultan uh will uh, be speaking um is a fireside chat or speak um anyway a fireside I'm a chat with joanne, with joanne uh, barefoot joanne of, of alliance for innovative regulation or air um so yes uh you know that has definitely uh been a a huge direction of finos this past year um uh led by tasha and itana um in organization so so yes hillary uh, we're definitely going that direction um cool
1: And, you know, another thing, it's wonderful that it's taking place in a forum. I also would encourage uh, a Chatham House private uh, discussion with key stakeholders as well, where because of the Chatham House rule, there can be more freedom to speak openly about the challenges that the different stakeholders face. And so that I know it sort of flies in the face of all things open. But the 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 truth is that it's very challenging to get folks on record. But if we can have honest conversations in an environment which respects privacy, yeah. uh, we might be able to um, create new relationships and build new bridges in that environment yeah. as well. But one baby steps, one step at a time, and uh, you know, together we're we're going to move forward.
0: Well, that, that's actually why we have the member meeting for Finos members the day before OSSF. Um so that we can try to foster that exact type of environment. um there are no recordings um and and it is you know a a a meeting of the minds, definitely, especially of our members but um um so they they can be candid still <laughs> still within regulations but um but candid um and and we don't invite press to that. we don't invite outside members. um so we, we try to again foster that environment so Um, there is precedent there is precedent there is precedent exactly exactly um and uh and i believe a lot of our project uh meetings too um fall under that 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 they are um we don't have
2: attribution yeah in our recordings and so we also yeah. do we do i mean hillary you're absolutely right we we try and host some round tables where you get that round tables that are under chatham house rule that um might lead to something that can be more open right yeah. it's, it's unlocking that door with the aim of getting to open eventually but it, you can't always start there as, as you know as, as you say
0: yeah so you so- take the steps Yes. So you're exactly right. You're, you know, you're going in the right (laughs) direction. Uh, So that's
2: all. Do you love hearing that? It's always nice to hear that.
0: Yes, you're right. (laughs) 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 All right. Um, Any final thoughts?
2: I I think I'm done. Okay.
1: (laughs) Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a ton of fun to uh, revisit the research, the process, and uh, the findings. It's just an enlightening. uh it's been an enlightening journey for me and uh this is what i love about the work
0: cool well let's do it again sooner Thank than you. later all right well we hope you enjoyed that interview between hillary carter of linux foundation research and tasha ellison of Finos. in the show notes i will make sure that i put the link to download the state of open source and financial services report And there are a couple of other downloads in there as well, um, including open data that you can look at and work with yourself. And next week, don't forget to join us if you're in New York or in the surrounding area at the Finos member meeting on November 9th for Finos members. And uh, open to all open source strategy forum November 10th. It will be at New World Stages on the Upper West Side in New York. And as always, we appreciate the time that you've spent with us. We hope that you've enjoyed your workout or your walk or wherever you're doing right now. And please come to our website at finos.org. Join us uh, in many different ways, either on Twitter and LinkedIn, uh, by following us there. Join our public Slack channels. There will be links in the show notes to join there. Join one of our open source project meetings. Uh, We have a community calendar that we publish that is open for everybody. We also send out this week at Finos uh, weekly to tell you what project meetings we have going on for the week. Uh, We also have our newsletter that should be coming out uh, today, tomorrow, November 5th, as well that's a jumping off point to everything else Finos. And then, if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of the other ones, please make sure you subscribe to the Open Source and Finance podcast by Finos. And if you really like it, uh, please rate us five stars on your favorite platform that you listen to. With that, if you're in New York next week, I will see you. But otherwise, this has been your host, Grizz Griswold. Good day, good night, wherever you are.